Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, Micah Chen here from Cascadia Preps. Looking for the best coverage of high school football? Cascadia Preps is your number one stop for all things high school football, team rankings, game analysis, and weekly podcasts from around the state. Visit us today at CascadiaPreps.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Greetings and welcome into Huffman and Spencer for Thursday, November 10th, 2022. I'm Ryland Spencer of Cascadia Preps. Along with me, as always, Brandon Huffman of the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation and 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how are we doing? Ryland, it is gray sky. It's dark at 5 o'clock. That can only mean one thing. It's playoff season. Yeah, playoffs. What's that? Playoffs. Playoffs. Um, yeah, and the brackets came out, and uh, if you want to hear – Kind of a real in-depth, I think we went for like almost two hours. Matthew Evans and I yesterday, uh, we put out the No Name Rankings podcast. Uh, I think it's titled First Round something, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we uh, we went really in-depth and um, found some spots where we think the committees were wrong and uh, talked about some of that and talked about our predictions for the games. I mean, it was pretty crazy. We went... We just kind of kept talking, and all of a sudden I looked over, and it was like an hour 45. I was like, good Lord. We're, and, and we were like in the middle of 4A. Um, but, yeah, so, the, I mean, there's plenty of that going on. Uh, I'm going to have an article up later today called 25 Can't Miss Players, and it's going to be 25 kids that um, you want to see if you're going out to watch games this year um, in the, uh, the state tournament. And uh, I, I brought in Micah Chen to write about some guys from the eastern side of the state. Uh, really what I should have done is I should have gone even more in depth and had like, you know, Paul Valencia write about some guys from the Southwest part of the state. I should have had, you know, maybe you write about some of the top guys have Eklund write, you know, half of an article about, you know, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of guys that he saw, um, Tyler Anderson, get him in there to write about some guys from Whatcom County. You know, I, that's probably what I should have done, but yeah, I didn't do it. Um, cause I got, frankly, I got a question for you. Yeah. So you had a very depressing tweet last Thursday night saying, I will not be going to another Thursday night game the rest of the year because it's the playoffs. Yeah. So you're a big playoff guy. You're a big preseason. We had or the early season. So, you know, this year there was an enormous amount of games on Thursday, then on Saturdays. So you had, you know, Thursday night game. A couple of times there were doubleheaders on Friday, a couple of times on doubleheaders on Saturday. Is this your favorite time of the year or do you like the beginning of the season more? 
Ooh, that's tough. I think I like the beginning of the season more because there's Thursdays and it's I, I I would say this. I think I think I like it maybe a little bit more because it's a little more set in stone. Um whereas you know, you, this time of the year, you don't know if there's actually going to be a Friday game. Like there's times where there's I remember last year there was a time where I looked at the Friday games and I was like there's not even a game I want to go to. You know, in the in the in the state tournament because there yeah. was only like four of them. You know, and it was like, man, it's kind of brutal. Now, that being said, this year, y- y- there was not a lot of Thursday games that were really all that good. Um, you know, usually because you have four teams at Pop Keeney and four teams at Federal Way and, you know, what do they have? Three teams at Auburn, four at, at uh, French Field. You know what I mean? Because right. of that, sometimes you end up with some really good Thursday night games. But, you know, after week one, Pop Keeney doesn't really play Thursday games. Um, because apparently title nine means that soccer gets to use the field for some reason. Um, you know, and then French field though, apparently the soccer teams in Kent don't get to use it because of title nine or something. I don't know how that works. Um, but yeah, so it's one of those things where I like both times of the year. Maybe this time of the year, I like it more because the games have just that much more meaning, you know? Sure. Um, but also I, 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 I'll have to say I hate this time of the year in a, in a way also because, you know, you interview players sometimes after games and when they've played their last high school football game and they're standing on the field just crying. Yeah. And I, I don't well, want to be around doing, them. Right. I, I stopped doing that probably about a decade ago for that very reason. Went to a playoff game in California. This was in the days where there wasn't Twitter. You couldn't just DM a kid or text a kid. You had to call yeah. their home phone and had to wait for his game to be done. And as he, you know, sobbed, um, you know, it, it, trying to do that. Inter- oh no! In fact, I, if I now I remember, it was actually at the state championships games in California, and the young man ended up winning the Blitnikoff Award, was a second round draft pick named Marquis Lee. But yeah. at that point, there was no, you know, guys still didn't make early commitments, and I had to wait until after they just got murdered by Folsom in the state championship game to interview him. Yeah, and that's so. It's it's one of those things where, like, you know, I want to say something to a kid. You know, I, I want to just say, hey, man, keep your head up, da 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 But that's all I want to say. Right. You know, and I don't want to talk to a head coach. Usually I'll just go to the head coach and say, hey, coach, you know, congratulations on a great year. You know, uh, we'll, we'll be in touch soon and, uh, you know, start talking about next season. And that's about all I, I say, you know, and it's and it's it's weird because it's, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way for me to watch these kids that have worked so hard and everything. And, you know, a lot of them are going to go play college football, sure. But the majority – are not, you know, the majority are playing their last organized football game. I mean, they might play for one of those random, you know, whatever you call them, semi-pro leagues or something in this area. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to watch, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's not, it's not fun. You know, it's, that part is not fun, but it's also really fun to see the, the joy on the other side, you know? So, so it's like, it is a lot of fun. Like (laughs) you'll, you'll like this on, on Saturday, Federal Way beats Curtis, and as they go through the handshake line and everything, uh, our guy Coach Izzy, he <laughs> he comes up to me and he's like so pumped, he's like shaking me, and he's still got his damn headset on. <laughs> I go, I go, bro, take your headset off, and he's like, I'm just so happy, and he took his headset off and he ran over and started, you know, yelling at the team, having a good time, and I was like, I love that. I love seeing guys like him, you know. Uh, you know, just losing their minds like that. It's yeah. it's really really cool, and um, you know, it's 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 a lot of fun. But then you you, you literally 
do a 180, you turn around, you look, and half the team at Curtis is crying. It's the, the, the veritable old wide world of sports, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. And yeah. you can see it all within, you know, 20 yards of each other. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. So it's like, I love the playoffs because it means that we're getting to state championships, which, you know, I've, I think I've seen every 4A state championship game, like ever since 4A became a thing in the, in the nineties, like, you know, I've seen all of them and it's so much fun to be there and it's, it's really cool. But at the same time, man. It's it's brutal seeing a team lose. You know what I mean? Yep. It just is, especially because you know some of those teams. You know how hard they've worked, you know, and how much they've put into it. And not saying the team that winning didn't, because they probably did just as much. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think I think I would say I probably like this time of the year more, just because the weather's not as freaking hot, um, and there's no you know wildfire, so we actually get to see games. Um, but at the same time. Have you been to Federal Way at this time of the year? Oh, dude, I live in Auburn. I was in Federal I mean, Way this morning. Bro, it is unfreaking believably cold at that stadium. Uh, yes, yes, it is. I had somebody ask me. <laughs> I had somebody ask me. They said, "Hey, how come you didn't tweet as much in, in, at the Federal Way game as you did at the Kennedy game?" I go, "Uh, because my hands were in my pockets the whole time." Yes, there's this thing called self-preservation, folks. We like our fingers. Yeah, and and uh, frankly, the the truth of it is, I forgot my gloves. So yeah, but that's the first time I've. First time I've really needed the coat, you know, like, well, I guess it did rain a couple games I was at, so I didn't need it then. But it, but when it rains, it's not all that cold here, you know. Um, but, yeah, that, that game was brutally cold on Saturday night. As a matter of fact, the athletic director from Curtis, um, who is one of the nicest ladies I've ever met, she, she I saw her two weeks ago, and then I saw her again last week, and, and she said hi to me, and I, I didn't even recognize her because she had this giant puffy white coat on. <laughs> I was like, oh, you too? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my goodness. Um, hey, before we go too far, I want to talk about the Avery Hoffman DIPG Foundation, AveryStrongDIPG.org, and AveryStrongDIPG on all social medias. Brandon, I feel like we have to be inching even a little bit more closer to the uh, to the apparel drive. Where are we at? If the store, if everything goes as planned, we will have our store and our drive starting on Monday. We got everything designed how we want. We just need to make sure that we like the apparel that it's going to be worked with. Um, it's going to be a retro throwback look to our very, very, very first. In fact, it was the, the logo that's part of our logo now, but that we got right when he was diagnosed. We're going back to the old days. And we're just trying to make sure you get the right combination. So fingers crossed, if everything goes as planned, the store will be open on Monday of next week to start with sales. And that also gives people a, a good opportunity to check out our website to see some of the stuff we're doing. This week, um, it was announced that uh, an organization or, or a group that we are a part of, um, <clears throat> we are part of the uh, DDRFA, um, and it's basically a, a collaborative of about 15, 20 DIPG related foundations that were started by families like ours um, around the country. And we are jointly awarding uh, grants. And over the last couple of days and over the next three days, there's going to be more and more announced. But uh, combined, there was a significant amount of projects funded. And our, and our foundation uh, contributed a significant chunk to two of the different projects. So the money is in action. And if you go check out our Instagram, our Facebook, uh, and our Twitter, there's you know more about that specific big collaborative that we're a part of. Uh, but every cent counts, folks. So if you buy a shirt, you buy a sweatshirt, you buy 
a long sleeve shirt, that money goes back to allow us to award grants and funding to the researchers that are trying to find a cure. So kind of exciting times for us that this is why our foundation exists to, to fund these projects. And now we're starting to see that money into action. Yeah, and you can find everything, uh, as I mentioned before, Avery Strong, DIPG.org, and Avery Strong, DIPG on all social medias. I know it's time for me to get a new uh, a new sweatshirt, so I'm excited for this uh, for this drive. And uh, yeah, head on over to the website, check out everything that's going on over there. Um, are you like the webmaster? Do you do all of that stuff over I there? I am. I, I do it all. So if you think, oh, this site's really lame, then you can blame me. If you think this site's really awesome, you can credit me. Either way. I'll take the blame. I get blamed for everything that's on the internet anyways these days by everybody. Yes. Yes. I mean, which uh, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Maybe mm-hmm. you should. Maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. I mean, I'm not the decision maker there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Avery Strong, DIPG on all social medias, AveryStrongDIPG.org. Uh, another thing we want to talk about before we get going here, the 2023 uh, Capital City Football Coaches Clinic will be held Saturday, February 4th at North Thurston High School in Olympia. Uh, this clinic is unique to the Pacific Northwest. It's a one-day football coaches clinic with breakfast, lunch, and a coaches social all included as part of your attendance. Last year, 300-plus Washington high school football coaches and dozens of Pacific Northwest college coaches attended the clinic to learn, network, and grow the game of football in the state of Washington. Uh, early registration pricing is now open until December 3rd. To sign up, visit www.capitalcityfbclinic.com where you can see a complete list of the speakers and be sure to follow them on Twitter at Cap City FB Clinic. Um, Brandon, I was just like looking through the, because uh, I said, hey, who are the speakers? Just looking through it really quickly. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a star-studded event. Keith Ross of Sumner is speaking. Kyle Snell of Eastlake. Craig Bartle, Nooksack Valley. These are just head coaches. Randy Affholter. Uh, our guy Izzy, Marcus Izaguirre uh, from Federal Way. Greg Hurd, Auburn Riverside. Uh, Jason Ronquillo out of Yelm. I mean, there are some really, really quality head coaches. Uh, some defensive coordinators too. Blake Whitman out of Linden. Um, if you listen to the Whatcom Preps podcast, you know the uh, the sound that I'm going to play right now for Blake Whitman. <laughs> a little bit of an inside joke there, but uh, that's a Whatcom Preps thing. Jeremy Scroggins, the DC at Royal. Uh, I mean, you talk defense, Royal's about as good as anybody. Uh, and Eric Dinwiddie from uh, Lake Stevens, who was the Cascadia Preps assistant coach of the year last year. So, I mean, this is a star-studded event. You can find everything, capitalcityfbclinic.com. And follow them on Twitter, Cap City FB Clinic. Uh, Brandon, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show than normal, but we've got some things to talk about. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here, uh, Frank Reich uh, has been fired at uh, from the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I don't think too many people are surprised that he was fired. I mean, they have kind of underachieved the last couple of seasons, and then, um, yeah, they're not good this year. No. I mean, they are really, really not good. And and frankly, they went out and got Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan is just not good either. Um, and I and I've I've always been a a Matty Ice fan. I've always not like a huge fan. I'm not like a true fanatic, I guess. But but you liked him. Yeah, I've always liked watching him play. Um, he's 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 done some awesome things in his career, and um, I don't know if he'll get in the Hall of Fame, but I'm sure he's got numbers that are pretty astonishing. But then again, how many players that play as long as he have don't have those numbers nowadays? Um, but that being said, Jeff Saturday takes over as interim head coach, and uh, you know the internet and all the talking heads on all the networks kind of lost their mind. Um, you know, Saturday was an undrafted uh, free agent out of North Carolina. He was a center, longtime center. So basically he was undrafted, went to camp with the, um, I think he went to camp with the Ravens and then became the longtime center for the Indianapolis Colts and then spent one year with the Green Bay Packers. But while he was in Indianapolis, Jeff Saturday was, Peyton Manning's right-hand man. I mean, they did uh, – that offense ran through both of them. Don't don't make the mistake that Peyton Manning was the one running the offense. Yes, he was. But if you don't think Saturday was every bit as instrumental in that offense being what it was, then you're frigging nuts and you don't know how the game of football works. Just plain and simple. So when I see people saying things like, oh, he's unqualified and this and that, it's like, no, you've got to be kidding me. The thing is, he had a press conference the other day, and in his press conference, he came out, and and this is a quote from him. He says, here's the deal. I'm completely comfortable with who I am as a man. I know I can lead men. I know the game of football, and I'm passionate about it. Okay? There's nothing to dispute there. He know, Look, he was the center. He was He was leading that offensive line for a decade. He says, I have no fear about, are you as qualified as anybody else? I spent 14 years in that locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I've got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I played with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen people prepare how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, uh, yeah, he probably has. Here's the, He says, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this at the end of eight games. I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea, but I dang sure ain't gonna going to back down. I can tell you that. I'm sorry, but if you think he's unqualified because he's never been a coach in the NFL, I, I think you're overestimating things. Yep. I mean, fact of the matter is, okay, first off, he was the head coach of, um, it was a school, was it Georgia or something? Um, so he was the head coach of a high school for yeah. a couple of years. So. Does he have some some high school head coaching experience? Sure. So maybe he has a little. Maybe he can take like a tenth of something from there. Like very very little. So I'm not even gonna really get into that. But this guy was in the NFL for like 14 years. If you think 
he is not qualified, then you're insane. And the way that athletics go over the, everybody's, oh, you got to have an interim that's been around for, or, you know, you got to have head coaches that have experienced this and that. And it's like, no, you don't like, sure. Sean McVay, you know, he had a lot of uh, OC experience and, you know, some of these other guys though, when you look at things, you just go that, what, what did he do? Mm-hmm. What did he do? Jason Kidd, you mentioned uh, off the air. Jason Kidd, what did he do before he got a job? Uh, Scott Service. Scott Service was was like Jerry Depoto's lackey uh, mm-hmm. before getting the job, and it's like, what 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 did he have? And sure, it 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 has taken some time, but we're talking about an interim coach here. This is a team. Uh, I believe they're two and six right now. This mm-hmm. is a team who is not very good, and the fact of the matter is. He's coming in with a mindset that, hey, we have nothing to lose. Let's see if we can't right this ship. Hey, you know what? If he goes, uh, so if they're, um, they if so they they could potentially go eleven and six to finish the year. Look, if somehow they pull that off, uh, I don't think his qualifications mattered. Right. And and guess what? If he sucks, you were going to be looking for a head coach anyway. Yep. So who cares? So would you rather bring in some random dude or some retread like, hey, the Cleveland Browns, you know it. A couple of years ago, they hired Greg Williams to finish out the season. What did that do? Not much. I mean, I think they actually won a couple of games, if I remember right. But what did that do? It got them nowhere. And then what did they do? They promoted Freddie Kitchens from OC, and that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So to act like this is some crazy off the wall, is it unconventional? Absolutely. It is totally unconventional. I was shocked when I heard it, and then I was excited because if you know anything about Jeff Saturday, that dude is as brilliant as anybody you're going to find. I think Peyton Manning called him the smartest teammate he's ever had. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is when you start talking about like hiring guys, again, we're talking about an interim coach. So right. it's something that you know, I had all these people coming after me, which is it's, it's always funny to me. I had all these people the last you know week hey, how did the committee do this? Or why did the committee do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not on the committee. <laughs> and you'd be amazed at how many of them were like, wait, you're not on the committee? And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't on it last year when your team was ranked really high and you just didn't seem to care. Um, but- I like the one dad going after you too. And as you tried to explain how many times about the RPI and he just didn't yes. want to hear it. Yes. Oh, well, they were this in the RPI last week. I'm like, oh my God, stop with the RPI. Like <laughs> I've been talking about this for like two months. Nobody cares. Nobody's looking at the RPI. Well, I mean, they, they, they match up. Yeah. In 4A, they matched up pretty well. That doesn't mean that they were using it. Exactly. It doesn't mean anything. And as a matter of fact, they didn't match up in every other one. So where's your, you know, anyway, Jeff Saturday, by the way, his picture on, on Wikipedia is hilarious. He looks like John Schneider from the Seahawks, but with like with an ugly beard and a blue blazer going on here. I don't know what the heck he's doing. But Jeff Saturday, like Brandon, is this shocking to you to see him? Like, like I mean, to me it was not. And to see the reactions of all these talking heads on like NFL Network and stuff, I was like, you people are just idiots. Like, you, maybe you were trying to like pull for the job yourself. I don't know what they were doing. Well, and remember, I mean, this might be a name that's old for a lot of people to listen to this, but Larry Durker was the Houston yeah. Astros color commentator for 19 years. They hired him out of the broadcast booth and won three division titles with him as a manager. Okay, <laughs> this is a guy who wasn't like going into Tehachapi or Lodi or Amarillo or all these other podunk towns as a single-A manager working his way up the chain. He was traveling in luxury as a color commentator. They brought him down to the field to be the manager, and they won three division titles. 
And they only, I think he had a stroke, and that's why he stopped coaching, but they brought him out of the broadcast booth, and that was in a full-time role. They're bringing Saturday in an interim role. We see this a lot in college football. When an interim coach gets named, a lot of times it's a special teams coach. A lot of times it's some random coach who, you know, Barry Alvarez. I mean, he was the athletic director, hadn't coached in years. Now, granted, he was a very successful coach at Wisconsin, but in two different cases where Wisconsin's head coach left before the Rose Bowl or their bowl game, Barry Alvarez coached the bowl game. It's almost ceremonial in a lot of ways rather than it is instructional. Yeah, and that and that's exactly what it is. I mean, I think the maybe the more surprising hire is who's gonna call plays for the for the Colts. And yeah, that's Parks, Parks Frazier, who I'll admit it, I didn't know who the hell this guy was. I had to go I had to go look him up. He Parks Frazier the assistant quarterbacks coach for the last couple of seasons, not the quarterbacks coach, the assistant quarterbacks coach. Um, now I don't know if Frank Reich was technically the quarterbacks coach or not. Um, I guess I could look that up. Uh, Frank Reich is listed as just the head coach. So I would assume they had a, a, a actual quarterbacks coach. Now that being said, Parks Frazier is only 30 years old and people are using that against him. I'm sorry to me. I'm not using that against anybody anymore because Sean McVay was super young. Zach Taylor was super young. Some of these coaches that are really, really young nowadays are proving that they can absolutely coach the game of football well, and that it doesn't really matter your age as much as are you smart enough to do it? Are you good enough to do this? Do you prepare? And that's what a lot of these young guys do. Conceptually, a lot of what these guys are running is the stuff that's been modern, and a lot of the older coaches, they're still running things that are from the 18th century. So a lot of these guys have – I mean – it doesn't mean that they're automatically going to walk in and have the respect of the co- of the players because they're younger, but it doesn't mean that they can't call plays. It doesn't mean that they don't know offense. You know, there's a reason why baseball, you saw a big move towards analytics in a lot of ways and younger guys because they at least understood the way the game was changing. So, you know, who knows? This guy could come in and basically make Sean McVay, you know, look like Hugh Jackson or look like Richie Kotite as a play caller. You never know, but – it's yes, it's an interim. This isn't a full time theme. Interim is usually a way of buying time. It's like the Angels taking the one year contract with Phil Nevin, like, hey, we don't think you're very good. That's only only giving you a year, but we need to get our ish in order with our new owner and then we'll make a real hire. Yeah, and you know, I feel like we talked too much Nebraska football over the last year, but you know, Mickey Joseph took over as the uh as the head coach there at Nebraska mm-hmm. interim <clears throat> and Look, they have looked better. They've at least looked more. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. competent but when people start talking about potentially hiring him as the head coach yeah he's not getting that job. a lot of people are laughing about it yes and it, and it's because look if you come in so if jeff saturday if if they win every game from here on out and maybe win a playoff game or something yeah i think it's perfectly fine to hire him full-time mm-hmm. now that being said it wouldn't surprise me if he's fired within like three years mm-hmm. because that's kind of the way things happen a lot that's why even if mickey joseph was successful in nebraska I don't necessarily want him 
because I don't know that he's going to be a good head coach. I don't think he's going to be a good head coach long term. Rallying the boys and getting them to play for the rest of the year, totally different than being a long-term sustainable head coach. I'll, I'll give you another example. And, and the irony in this is how successful this guy has turned out as a result of it, but what a difficult situation interim coaches sometimes walk into and what they end up having to deal with. In 2010, uh, Ohio State won the Sugar Bowl. I want to say they beat Arkansas in the Sugar Bowl. In the spring of 2011, Tattoo Gate happened in Columbus. Jim Tressel resigned, and they named the interim coach a longtime Ohio State former player and assistant coach, not really longtime, but a, a former player named Luke Fickle. Ohio State went on to have their only non-winning season like in the last 20 years that fall, went 6-6 six and six in 2011. All right, former Ohio State player, former Ohio State assistant coach, he gets moved into that interim role. Okay, that offseason of 2011-2012, Ohio State hires Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer comes in, and in year one, they go 12-0. Year two, they make it to the Big Ten Championship game. Year three, they win the national championship. He doesn't fire Luke Fickle. They gave to Fickle basically to say, hey, man, you're, you're a rising star. We want to keep you here. Let's give you this job. But it wasn't going to be for the long term. And Ohio State fans are up in our, how can we turn it over? Well, you've you got to turn it over to a stable situation. Fickle hands it right back over to Urban Meyer, and they win. Fickle has now gone on to be one of the best group of five coaches in college football, and at some point, we'll get to pick whatever job he wants. If Ryan Day ever goes back to the NFL, I would bet Fickle's hired at Ohio State, and he will take that job. We've also seen other situations in Ohio, uh, in Baylor, when Art Bryles was let go. Yeah. Uh, Jim Grove came in, in for you know a one-year deal. Uh, we saw it at Arkansas when Bobby Petrino went on a motor- motorcycle rager with his uh, mistress. You know, he <laughs> went. They were going to be good. In fact, they had beat. I want to say Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl that offseason uh, after losing to Ohio State the year before, and they were going to be good. Instead, John L. Smith takes over a program in complete disarray, and he's gone. This isn't a long-term fix. That's why they're called interim coaches. And a lot of times they'll go to an interim coach that, you know, sometimes it turned out to be Bob Gregory. Like, hey, man, we just need somebody to write the ship for the next four weeks. Sometimes it's Jake Dicker where it's like, hey, man, you're actually really good at this. Let's make you the permanent head coach. But interim coaches are named interim coaches for a reason. Yeah, and and that's exactly what it is. Interim. I mean, hey, he could play himself into the permanent job. Yeah, for the time being, this is who our head coach is. We are probably going to look elsewhere unless somehow this guy pulls it off. And I don't have a problem with that. As a matter of fact, there's been times. Uh, look at the guy last year after Gruden got fired. Uh, who was the guy oh, in yeah, Oakland? Uh, yeah, that guy. I, I mean, I'm. A, I was a little surprised that he didn't get the job. He led them to the playoffs. Yep. I mean, uh, I I was a little surprised because they were kind of a disaster, and he got them to the playoffs. Little surprised he didn't potentially get the job. But guess what? It wasn't good enough, and yep. they went out and hired Josh McDaniels, and that's working out real well. Uh, oh yeah, Mister Mister Quarterback Guy and Derek Carr looks like you or me out there playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I I just see I see so many people that just lose their minds, all these talking heads and everything, and it's just crazy. Um. Hey, really quickly. Want to thank Scott Eklund for his time. What's that? Scott Eklund, dogman.com. What's that? Dogman.com. Chris Fetters, Kim Granolds, those guys over there. What's that? Washington Huskies. That's who it is. They're covering the Huskies on dogman.com. D-A-W-G-M-A-N.com. Good guys over there. Um, Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. Yeah, you're (laughs) you're probably right. You're probably right, Harry Doyle. Um, 
Hey, Brandon, we don't have a ton of time, so uh, I want to talk about kind of the five names and some of the things that we saw uh, last week. Uh, obviously, if you want, to, like I said before, if you want to hear more about brackets and things like that, um, I think you could actually like scroll to the next podcast on here, which would be me and Matt talking, or however you do that, like skip to the next podcast because it should be the next one on there, or head over to CascadiaPreps.com and, and look for the No Name Rankings podcast, and you can find it on there. Um, but yeah, you were out at, uh, you went to one game last week, Seattle Prep at Ferndale. Um, there was a, uh, probably more talent than people realize in that game as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about Isaiah Carlson who, well, I actually, you know, I, I, I guess I want to bring up Isaiah Carlson really quickly. Just, uh, uh, he's not one of the five names, but I want to talk about Isaiah Carlson. This is a young man, had a serious knee injury last year, missed the end of the season, the beginning of this year, I thought he looked as though he was still recovering. Mm-hmm. When I saw Isaiah Carlson two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I don't know, I think it was two weeks ago, I thought he looked really, really good. I thought he's back to where he was at. Now, he went down to USC. I don't know if there's real legitimate interest down there. I don't know what's going on with that. But Isaiah Carlson, to me, he's back. He's ready to go. This guy could end up being a steal for some people, huh? And I think what's so great about him is that you aren't going to get guys that are six foot two, two and a half, two hundred twenty plus pounds that can play running back or play linebacker at a high level. And you know, this isn't like he's a diminutive guy. This is a big guy that you can kind of put in in a number of positions. I've always long term thought his best position was going to be linebacker, but he could play running back, and he's been ridiculously productive. I think he had three touchdowns the other night, and as he continues to get, people, people don't understand. You know, as somebody who broke broke an ankle his senior year in high school. When you're dealing with lower body injuries in football, it doesn't matter how many times the doctors cleared you. There is still the mental block you have to get over of cutting, of digging your foot in, putting your foot in the dirt, cutting and going without the worry, is this going to damage it? Is this going to re-damage it? And, you know, it, it takes a while. Not everybody's going to come back and be Adrian Peterson around for 2,000 yards the year after. Yeah. Most cases, it's not going to work like that. So for a high school kid, it's got to take a couple of weeks to get that motor really running to get back to what you were pre-injury. Yeah, and that, I think you're 100% right. And that's the thing is watching film from the first couple of weeks, it still looked like Carlson was was going through that. And now watching his film, he looks like Isaiah Carlson from you know the first three years of his high school career. He looks like the guy that we were all really excited about. And um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up. Um, some coaching changes could change some things, you know, I mean, we got to see who, who gets hired at Colorado, who gets hired at, uh, uh, Arizona state. Maybe one of those two schools takes a flyer on a guy like that and ends up with an, uh, all pack 12 player. I mean, you just, you just don't know, but it's going to be interesting to watch him. I guess we'll turn this into like six names if we will, cause we'll, we'll use Isaiah Carlson as one of them. We're going to talk about one of his teammates also here, Connor Walker. Uh, we have him listed as an athlete, six, three, 205 pounds, um, you know, I think he plays out of position. He, he plays free safety, uh, maybe strong safety, I guess, if you will. He plays safety for the uh, for the Golden Eagles up there at Ferndale. I think he's more of a linebacker. The way that he plays, man, though, he is he's physical, he's fast. On offense, they even have him carrying the ball at times, and he is really, really good at that as well. But I think this is a guy that maybe next year steps into almost like Carlson's role at Ferndale yes. and really becomes uh, a household name. Yeah, I, I agree. I got to see him a little bit this summer going into this season, and I think you're right. I think he ends up being kind of a uh, you, you know a guy that'll 
plug and play at a number of spots that really help Ferndale, which, you know, as talented as that program seems to be year in, year out, they do lose a pretty uh, healthy trio uh, in Carlson, Hatchett, and Jake Mason after the season. So Connor Walker, being one of the younger guys on the team, he's got a chance to really emerge as, as a name next year, uh, you know, not just in Whatcom County, but really in the state because of the positional versatility, because of that link, because of the athleticism, his ability to play, you know, in the back half of the secondary or to play, you know, up in the box. If he wants to be used as a, as a running back, maybe he wants to be, a, maybe he's a Y or a flex. You know, there's going to be ways that Ferndale will get the ball into his hands offensively to let him kind of fill that gap with Isaiah Carlson. But then I think his future, it, we haven't listed as an athlete, but I think his future is on the defense side of the ball like you do. Yeah, I, I really do. And he's he's one of those players that I think next year as a senior. So first off, I think I, I think he's lined up for a tremendous offseason. Mm-hmm. Maybe an offer, maybe, I don't know. You know, he's going to have to hit the right camps. But next year his film is going to be very important. And this is a guy that once he is kind of the focal point, could really take off for the uh, for Ferndale, and, and I think some big things could come his way. Um, let's talk about Chris Lino, offensive tackle. Um, well, offensive line, defensive line, six seven, three hundred twenty five pounds out of Seattle Prep, um, class of twenty twenty four. Now, uh, if you pay attention to high school football in the state, I believe it's his brother was Andre Lino, played at uh, Bishop Blanchett, and then was uh, also at um, Eastern Washington University. Uh, I think he played on the defensive line, if I can remember right, at Eastern. But um, this is a guy that uh, you know was a good player, really good player. And then his brother, I think it's just kind of taking some time, taking some time to come around. But here it is, his junior year. And, I mean, he, first off, obviously you can't teach six foot seven, 300 mm-hmm. pounds. But this is a guy that it's kind of slowly coming together, and uh, you saw him over the weekend. What were your thoughts on uh, Chris Lino? Yeah, so when they played against Garfield at Lumen Field, he was out that game, so I didn't get a chance to see him. I saw him on the sidelines, and you know he's every bit the the, the size that he's listed at. Uh, but you know, one thing you always notice, and I mean, you and I have been doing this long enough to remember guys like Zach Banner and you know guys like Walker Williams. And I'm not saying he's comparable to Zach Banner, or Walker Williams. What I'm saying is those are big guys that. A lot of times, you know, from the shoulders up, didn't really always get on the same page from the from the shoulders down. Then you learn that Zach Banner gets to college and he has hip problems. And once they fix it, he ends up becoming an NFL starting offensive lineman. That's kind of the same thing with Leno. You look at him, you're like, not that he has hip problems. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you always worry, can a guy that big bend? Does he have flexibility? Yes. Is he a knee bender? Is he a waist bender? Is he going to play too high? And I was impressed with his flexibility. You know, we, we lauded Landon Hatchett on the show for damn near two years. Uh, but he went against Landon, who's a strong, knows how to play with leverage, being a center. He knows how to get underneath, you know, his, his defender, or I'm sorry, his blocker. And Leno did a pretty good job of stalemating Hatchett when he was lined up as a defensive lineman. And I like seeing that because there was probably a three or four inch height difference between that. And when you play high, you don't have that advantage, but he played with a lot more flexibility, a lot more agility than I was expecting to see, not just not from him, but just from a guy that size. And to know he's a junior, you can see why Boston College made that early offer, and he'll be a guy that I anticipate will end up adding some Pac-12 offers to the mix at, one, at some point. Yeah, it's going to be, I guess I would say, fascinating to watch because he's just one of those guys that it's just so intriguing. There's There's so much intrigue there because of, that size and like you said there is 
you know, there's a decent amount of athleticism, but the flexibility and stuff that is maybe not normal for a guy that carries as much weight as he does and the height that he has. So uh, it'll be fun to watch there. Makai Piper, linebacker, 6'2", 217 pounds from Federal Way. He is a senior. Now, this young man, Brandon, and this is why I put him on here this week, this young man had a couple of car- – well, he, I think he might have been the starting running back, but he had a couple of carries that looked very Marshawn Lynch type, uh, if you will. But um, it's kind of interesting. He reminds me the way that he runs as a running back, and I don't want to – I'm not comparing him as a player, but the way that he runs as a running back was very much like Miles Jack. And the reason I say that is because he didn't necessarily look comfortable doing it, but holy crap, it worked, and it was impressive. He had one run where he like went full beast mode and was like shucking dudes and then spun off a guy and dove into the end zone. Um, I think Steve Faber has a great picture of it um, as he's like diving into the end zone. But, um, but yeah, Makai Piper, uh, this is a guy who, um, you know, had a couple of offers early on Nevada UNLV. Um, the more and more I see him, the more I do think he is a defensive player. But I'll tell you what, it's pretty intriguing getting to see that athleticism maybe come out more as a running back. Yeah, and you know, obviously, I love that Eminem shouted him out in uh, what's the song. Lose yourself. Oh, Makai Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> That's all every, every time I hear Makai Pfeiffer's name, I always think of uh, Eminem's song. Yeah. No, you know, he, he's he's an intriguing prospect. A guy that uh, we went, we put it as a three star early on after watching his junior film. I like him as a linebacker. Uh, but you know, when you start again, it kind of goes back to the Isaiah Carlson example. You start talking running back, you start talking big guys like that that can run, that don't mind lowering the hammer. I mean. You look at the NFL running back, not saying he's an NFL guy. I always got to quantify these things. I'm not saying, but if you look, there's still room to be had in the NFL for power running backs. Yes. There are still a need for a power back. And, you know, he could be that short yardage back that ends up being the guy that, you know, when you get down into the red zone, as these teams are stacking the box and you get closer to the goal line, you give him the rock and he could lower the hammer on you. Yeah. Run behind the pads, right? I mean, that is. Yeah, that that could be him. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know where he ends up, but I'll tell you what, if if I'm a if I'm a school, I'm taking a long look at him. Um a young man that I don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast. It's class of 2025. We have him listed as a safety right now, but he could be a safety or a receiver. 6'3", 190 pounds, Xavier Aarons out of uh, Curtis High School, Brandon. You seen him play? I saw him the last 2 weeks. He is damn impressive. Yeah, saw him against, I would have been, Emerald Ridge. Yes. Uh, but watching some of their most recent film, you, you see a guy that's definitely going to be a name in the 2025 class. With the exception of Teandre Waverly, who's really the only the, the highly uh, recruited 2025 guys, this 2025 class has got some guys that really popped onto the scene this year. And, you know, you got the, the, the guys from Anna Cordes, you've got some other guys all around the state. But Xavier Aaron's the guy that's super intriguing. And it's been. You know, you got to go back, what, 10, 12 years to Rommel Dockery for the last time that Curtis had an elite playmaker. and But you throw about six, seven more inches on Xavier Aaron than Rommel Dockery. Uh, and, you know, now Curtis is cooking. And, you know, with, with him coming back next year, with Rocco coming back next year, Curtis has the makings of a team that could be a tough out in 2023. But I, I really like what I've seen from Aaron. I think he's going to be a guy that this offseason could really see his stock roll. Yeah, they have some really, really nice players, and uh, I think I'll probably go a little more in-depth into Curtis uh, in the offseason. Uh, another class of 2025 member uh, we, we want to talk about here, Devin Forehand, quarterback out of Kennedy Catholic High School. Now, we have him listed at 5'10". That might be generous. He is he is not a big guy, 
But uh, I'll tell you what, that dude can absolutely sling the rock, and in that offense, when they when they get moving, he can throw the ball, he can throw it deep. Sometimes, I, by the way, I saw Sam Hubert out there. That guy was super, super excited to be on the sideline and at a Kennedy Catholic game. It was pretty fun to watch. Um, and Junior Alexander was out there also, actually. Um, but yeah, Devin Forehand, I mean, not the biggest guy in the world, but I'll tell you what, this guy can absolutely play the game of football. I've been watching this kid play baseball since he was in probably third grade, fourth grade, playing in the Auburn Little League uh, against my son. And even then, I, I remember watching, coaching a game once, and we had a player on our team hit a, about a 900-foot home run at, a, oh, whatever the name of that park is down there by Walmart and Auburn, uh, GSA Park. And I'm, they bring Devin into pitch, and I'm thinking there's no way this kid's going to throw to him. He throws three straight strikes down the middle, fastballs, and doesn't even, like, crack a sweat or a smile. And it was like, <laughs> dude, this kid's got some cojones. So I remember talking to his dad, Tim, about that early on, saying that's what I knew this kid was wired a little bit differently. He went in there, and he threw three, three straight strikes and didn't even get touched. And, you know, you got to have that kind of unflappability, that, that kind of swagger. And uh, just a kid that I think he's got a good arm. You, you know, I was at the game against North Creek in the playoffs last year. You saw the best of him, and then you saw the, you know, the freshman mistakes. But as he is maturing and as he's growing, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to offset maybe the optimal size for a college quarterback with what he's got from the shoulders up. And he's got the arm, but he's got the, the mentality to play at a high level. What was it that uh, that Sheldon said they used to call him his freshman year? They called him Little Russ. Little, little Russ. Yeah. Um, Sheldon still calls him that. that. He just calls him Russ. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, you know, the, the old version of Russ, not the new version of Russ. Uh, <laughs> but the version that just goes out there and he finds a way to make plays happen. And, you know, it's been fun to kind of watch him. I used to watch him in you know Auburn Youth Football as a kid, too, in the Flag Football League. And he's got a chance to be a pretty special quarterback there out of Kennedy. Yeah, Lancer's country. Let's ride, huh? Um, he's Brandon Huffman from the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation 24-7 Sports. Uh, be sure to check everything out over there, AveryStrongDIPG.org and AveryStrongDIPG on all social medias. I'm Ryland Spencer of Cascadia Preps. Like that. Ignoring him. You've been listening to Huffman and Spencer on Cascadia Preps Radio. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>